Dramatica analysis of Short Term 12, recorded February 9, 2016, led by Chris Huntley. The first thing we do, generally speaking, when we're looking at doing an analysis, which of course tonight we were doing Short Term 12, right? Short Term 12, um, is to identify the four threads, the four through lines that every grand argument story should have. The first one is what we call the overall story, the big picture. And in one sentence describes sort of what the what it's about. And ideally keep a little bit of the uh, identify what the problem is that's in that that world and that person. Anybody? So we're talking about short term twelve? Emotionally troubled youths at a uh, and a facility, a facility, yeah. a group home, or yeah. a facility. A group home. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what this is supposed to be like a, a rehab place. Um, obviously, there's you know social workers involved and therapists and. Um, I assume it's like county run or something. I, yeah, I it's a short-term living facility for at-risk youth. Okay. So run by the county. I probably run by the county or the or the state. Okay. Right. And I would say like she's you know it's a social worker being confronted by you know choices that she has in her life. Okay. You know, Excellent point. Different context. Different context. So the big picture, it's best to think of the characters by their role. So that you might you might say that there's a counselor who has a new kid, uh, there's a new or a new new troubled teenager comes to this facility, and the uh, lead counselor or whatever intake whatever they would call them line the, personnel. line personnel, you know takes a personal interest in her. Um, but the next thing is to identify the main character. Yeah, I, I felt that the the big pro, the big overall problem was uh, uh, kind of mentioned in the scene outside the hospital when Mason says, "You need to learn to take the same advice that you give all the other kids and talk about your problems with people." That's that kind of ties into if you go back then from there and look at everything it hinges off of that. Um, yes, but again, that's that that's absolutely part of it. Slightly different context. So let, let me let me we'll get we'll get right to that. So in the overall story, there will be the story goal. You're gonna have all the players. One of the easiest way to think of it is a group of blank have trouble blank or because of blank, right? So a group of troubled kids have, have difficulty with their troubled past. Right. Fine. Great. And that gives a nice blanket distance. We, we understand exactly all the events that happen within that thread. There are counselors, there are kids, there are parents, there's intake, there's management. There's all, all those things are, um, that are part of that. Including, there will be a very specific goal that's going to be in that particular thread. And the protagonist is going to be the one that's trying to achieve that, and the antagonist is the one that's going to try to prevent that, and then they'll have a whole host of other characters that have different takes on that, that, that goal. The main character through line is the character through whose eyes the audience experiences the story. So we go to... Um, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dunbar. No, your first name. That's my first name. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> hmm. Okay, Dunbar. 
You were saying... What was it? What was it you were saying? I think it's a, a troubled social worker um, uh, is haunted by demons of her past, and she's confronted by the people, by the situations in her life. And what's her name? Grace. Uh, what's Grace? Grace. Grace. Yeah. Grace. Is everybody pretty dream? That's the person who we're supposed to be taking right now. So you see, by looking at the main character through line, suddenly we're looking at a personal through line, the I perspective. And we're seeing that personal thread, which is related to what's going on in the bigger picture, and as a main character will also be one player in, one of, in, in the bigger picture. But that thread is going to have different concerns, it's going to be much more focused, narrow, and personal, as opposed to that big picture, which is what everybody's concerned with. Um, there will be a character, or characters, depending on the nature of how you set this up, that act as a alternative perspective or a challenging or an influence character perspective to that of the main character, the ones that essentially uh, challenge the main character's way of address of dealing with the world. Hey there. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of... It's like, whoa, there's a whole bunch of people here. I think everything's plugged in. Just waiting for you. Okay. Thank you, sir. And... Um, and so, anybody have an idea who that influence or who those influence characters might be? So Mason is one of them. Okay. Any other possibilities? Jaden. Jaden. Okay, so this would be, again, this is going to be about what Grace is dealing with. Not with what everybody else is dealing with, but what Grace is. So those seem to be the two primary characters that, that are dealing with what Grace is doing and dealing with him and, and personally. And the fourth and final through line that you'll find is, the, is a relationship between the two. And the question is, so what is the Grace Mason type of relationship? Romantic. Okay. Romantic between co-workers, kind of. Well, yeah, it's romantic with lots of complications. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially because of personal stuff that, that Grace is dealing with. All right. And what about between Grace and Jaden? Kind of. I mean, well, they're not, well, they're, they're not technically sisters. Yeah. So, what, what kind of relationship? It's like an authority. She's an authority figure over Jaden to keep her safe. So, protect her. Okay. Well, yeah. they certainly, yeah, they certainly have. Yeah, it is almost like a big sister, little sister kind of thing. Um, the, I mean, for the, I'll just put here for the moment. Supervisor patient. It's not that. That's a little too. Sterile. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like, it's, and it's not, and, and friends, it, friendship is too close. It's like child and protector, maybe? I mean, they do say that admit, her first monologue is about how their job is to make that place safe. Right. So, yeah, protector. Guardian. Gu guardian. Simpatico. Huh? They're very simpatico. Right. Well, yeah. that's the nature of the relationship is always going to be that there is going to yeah. be. Now, whereas this is very, the overall story is very objective, meaning 
from an audience perspective, we're seeing that world objectively. We're looking at it, we're seeing how it works, what works, what doesn't work, but how the whole um, world functions, but at a very dispassionate perspective. The main character perspective is very personal. You know, we, it's what it's, here's what it's like to have personal issues in this context. The relationship through line is where you find the passion. This is the, this is the heart line. If the overall story is the headline, the relationship is the heart line. And again, it could be any kind of relationship. It could be a romantic relationship. It could be familial. It could be um, teacher-student, guardian-guarded, whatever. Uh, but this is where you're, you're going to have the very subjective view, and it's going to be very passionate. Which, of course, if you look at these two relationships, the, the, the romantic relationship and the supervisor, patient, or the protector, protected, or innocent and protector type of relation, those are very passionate, very lots of emotion in, that, in those relationships. That's also a really big clue that that's probably going to be in this through line. And typically you will have one relationship that goes, each of these go the entire length of the story. However, what you can have happen, and this is what we'll see with, if it's going, if this is what's going on in this story or not, is that you can have handoffs. In other words, you can have different players, but they're still playing the same game. They're still, they have two different kinds of relationships, but they're still about the same kind of stuff. The same thematics, the same issues, um, the same nature of the same problems that are being explored. And if it's not, then we may have something else, but frequently what you'll do is you'll see that there will be that one key relationship between that uh, main character and the influence character that's part of that entirety. Um, and uh, so, any questions about those four threads? And every, ideally, every full, uh, full narrative should have all four threads. You know, when you don't, you end up with gaps. You know, if you don't have a relationship through the line, you lose the heart. You lose the passion in the story. If you don't have an influence character, you don't have the challenge that forces the main character to deal with their stuff. So if you don't have that, why would a main character deal with their personal issues unless there's some external influence or force making them deal with it? Because they really don't want to be dealing with it. It's not comfortable to have to go through that growth process. All right. So, we see Grace is our main character. Now we, get, we have a number of, uh, we call these dynamic questions. And there's sort of two different contexts. The first set of four are about the main character. So we're looking at that personal thread. Not the big picture, but just Grace and her dealing with her her daddy issues. Um, the issue of change versus steadfast. Main character resolve. The question is, does is the character this, along the same path at the end of the story, or have they fundamentally shifted their worldview? Have they stayed the course, or have they grown into a position where they actually can now go down a different path than the one that they were at the beginning of the story? Um, 
Any thoughts? This is about Grace as the main character. And then the follow-up is, how do we know that from the story? Yes. I understand that. I mean, really, I think we need to find the influence character. But dealing with her issues, mm-hmm. yeah, usually I think it's really she's really challenged more by Jaden. <clears throat> um, in which case, a steadfast machine suits. Well, this uh, yeah. Again, we're not talking about the growth. We're talking oh, okay. about whether she's a. She says. I believe she's steadfast because she she knows the approach she has to take. Has to get to. So I think that she maintains that. She knows it. How do you know that she knows it? How do we know that she knows it? Um, because she she believes it for everyone else. She believes that that's the way to, is to sit down and talk. Right. And that's how. But she doesn't practice that. But that doesn't mean knowing that it's good for someone else is not. And she knows that at the end as well. Fine. But that's not where her issues are. Her issues are with her, not with other people. Right. Well, I, 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 I. I think part of the point of the story is that she's really good with dealing with other people's problems, but uh, but I think her arc, I think the intended arc, is that she needs to learn how to deal with her own problems, and um, and on that front, I think she she does make a transition. I, I, and how do we know this? She goes to the therapist, and we see her in the fourth session. She says, "Do you want to talk about this?" She says, "Yes." Right. That's but, the thing that yeah. tells us she's now on a different path. Because she's gone to therapists. She's done all that stuff. She's been therapist. Blah, 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 blah. She knows intellectually, but she can't talk about it. Even when her, when her, when her boyfriend, her fiancé, you know, pressures her. And this is one argument for why he's not truly an influence character. Because now he's part of that process, clearly. I think he, he does part of the process. But the one he's not he does not make her come to the realization of what she needs to do. She, he, he, because he's, he has not lived through what she has. And what you'll find typically with the nature of the influence character is that they will have there is something similar about them and something different. And if you're talking about a story where there's a change main character, which we're looking like we are, then sometime in the past, a path was chosen and that character decided to go along that path. And whatever that, for whatever reason, it's no longer working for them. But over time, they've built up blinders so they can't see what those where they came from. It's, it's a blind spot. So you can tell them things, but they won't hear it. They won't see it. They cannot just, oh, you're right. I just have to start talking about it. You know, that's not how it works. Um, you can tell it to them in the, you know, until she's blue in the face, but she won't see that. The nature of what a story is about is tearing down those blinders. And the reason the main character is even bothering is because the influence character is putting pressure on the main character to have to try different approaches. Because they have a similar path, but they've chosen that alternative. So if there were two choices at the beginning, and there was a choice A and choice B, and the main character went with choice A, the influence character represents choice B, the path not taken. That's why 
they have that effect because all the way back to the seed of the problem, there was always this other way that it could have possibly solved the problem. And that's why they have an influence or an impact or an obstacle to the main characters trying to hide from it where other characters don't. So that's, that's kind of that reason why they have that, that special effect on the main character that no other character does. Whether it's a group of players or an individual, it doesn't matter. It's that perspective, that alternative way of seeing the world or of approaching the problem. And that's what that influence character represents. So we see that in the fact that whenever you have choices in Dramatica, you never are picking one and getting rid of the other. Every story has every choice. The question is, how do you align them? That's where meaning comes from. So if I say my main character is a change character, well, steadfast character is going to show up in the influence character. So what that would imply is, if Grace is a change character, then... Jaden would be a steadfast character. And Mason, if he is along the same thing, would also be a steadfast character. Just to be care careful, all of the characters up here, they in the objective world, they're all steadfast because they're not dealing with personal issues. They're just showing how, how to approach a problem. So they're always going to be, protagonist is always going to pursue. It's what they do. It's what's that's that. So, that's why you understand the understanding the context of what part of the story you're looking at makes a big difference as to whether or not it's even available for those types of choices. So we see, in fact, I mean, or, or how do we see Jaden be steadfast? So is it that she will open up, but then she to more people? Because she opens up to through the poem. Or well, but she story. see for her. Remember for her. She's always known what the, her father has been doing. She's there's not there's never been denial of it. She doesn't necessarily be open with it, but personally, she's always known her father what her father has done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and accepted that he's just this a hole that will behave this certain way. Now she gets to a point where she's not going to tolerate it anymore, but that doesn't change her. That's just like okay, you know, fine. I'll just go in the group home or whatever. But she did exactly the same thing she's always done, knowing exactly she but was going to get... I get the sense that Grace didn't... isn't denied. I mean, she sent her yeah. father to prison because of what he did, so... No, but she's still... she's still afraid. <coughs> she she she's says, a, I, never taught, I never thought about it. When she tells that story, mm. she says, I never thought about it. That, I sent her to prison. That was the root of her choice. Her choice was to ig ignore it all, to hide it all. And when this young girl comes in, who has all the same conditions that she was at about exactly the same age, it starts setting these things off with the, you know, want me to show you mine? You know, another thing you'll get with the main influence character is invariably there will be a scene that says you and I are just alike. And then the other one will say, no, 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 we're nothing alike. Because the, the, the point is, is obviously they're not exactly the same, but they have a similar tie to whatever the origin of the problem is. And that conversation, you, as you, I mean, I've 
we have time afterward, I can show you a really <coughs> fun short version of a uh, montage that is just from all over the place. It has those different kinds of scenes where you and I are just alike. You'd be surprised how often it shows up. I just saw a <coughs> TV show where in one episode it had, because it had multiple stories, two scenes like that. I thought, and my business partner just saw it on Supergirl. There was this, there was an episode where you the same thing. Where the you and I are just alike. Um, Writing tip: Never use the words "you and I are just alike." <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Couch yeah, it can, in other words, but it's, it's really it's, important <laughs> that you inform your audience that because it's essentially it's the key to that relationship. They are alike, and they are also different, and that's that that. Is really important that the audience understand these this this relationship because it's a very important relationship and and that's that's a, a key to understanding the nature of that relationship. So do you remember the scene? I think there were two of them in this one that had the you and I are just alike. Well, the one with her and the stuff, whatever that inflatable the dog dog-like. was. When they're in the room, but think of it more on the personal side. No, I understand. They're yeah, drawing I mean, in bed together. well, they talk about the cutting. She's that's what she says. The cutting. The cutting was, the, the, cutting was the real big one because yeah. the cutting was related both to their fathers. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that was the one that sealed it. That okay, here are two women at different points in their lives who are dealing with exactly the same stimulus. <laughs> And responding to it along similar paths, but one is at a completely different end of the you know of I the mean, tale. Even cast those girls. I thought they looked similar. Right. To each other, you know. And, and the, you know, yeah. it's I think that was again to try to trigger Grace seeing herself. But there are multiple scenes in there where there's sort of a sympathetic relationship happening, like. The baseball bat scene at the very end where they beat up the car. The right before that, they talk about yeah what they have in common. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then the the drawing scene on the bed, the Molly mentioned. The very first one <laughs> was when uh, when they both were beat, uh, gesturing to the music. Right. When they were sharing, that was the very well, first I think that's when you similar. yeah right. That's when the relationship you start to see. Okay, here's the relationship is be, it's beginning. Right. And we both think Mason is cookie. Right, right. But I think the the thing that's tied to the the horror in the past, or in case in, in Jane's case, her present, is in fact um, you know the cutting and the reaction, the response <laughs> to the uh, abusive father. Um, and of course, you see that in Grace projecting what the father has done to to Jaden based on her own personal experience of what her father did to her, which is why she was standing in his room with a baseball bat to make sure that it didn't go to that next level. Or maybe she did at that point she didn't know if it had or it had not. Because the conversation before had stopped. Well, because she entered the house and I, it was a wreck. I, I couldn't exactly read what was going on, but the, it appeared the, the house was kind of a wreck when she walked in. Yeah, she knocked, what, she no, knocked she knocked over, over all the. She, she she went into the garage. Oh, okay. And that's where she knocked over the um, the equipment. Equipment. Okay. Yeah. So, main character <laughs> resolve change. All right. The next question we're going to skip 
And that's within context of her journey, right? Yes, the it's main where she characters. goes and where she ends. Yes, it's just looking at the ends. We'll yeah. talk about the the path there. That's where the arc is. That's what this main character grows. But we'll talk about that later. It's also not just about the arc. It's about a specific thing. Right. It's about is she going to talk about it or not? Yeah. It's not. It's not a general like does she seem different at the beginning? That usually can be pegged. Yeah, it's an action that sort of defines, that is a metaphor for all of the other things that are the subtext for Right. Right. It, it'll be very specific. Um, main character approach, doer or beer. So this is going to be a, a choice of how the main character, how Grace, chooses to deal with personal problems. Does she prefer to take action, to change the environment around her, to come conform to her? Or does she prefer to change herself and sort of do internal work as opposed to external work and conform to the environment? Um, these are not active and passive. Hamlet is a beer. He finds out his, un- his uncle has murdered his father. The ghost of his father says, avenge me. He goes, okay, how am I going to go about that? I know. I'll pretend I'm crazy. <laughs> I will change my behavior in an effort to resolve this problem. Now, he's very assertive, and he's so good at it, it drives his girlfriend crazy, and she kills herself. So it can have the desired effect. Unfortunately, sort of not on the right person. (laughs) It is a tragedy, right? Um, So how do we see that with Grace? Does she seem to be a doer? Uh, somebody who prefers to take action to resolve personal issues or a beer, someone who prefers to internalize them to resolve them. Now, try to keep it away from this part of the story as much as you can. The overall story. Try to keep it away from that. Think of personal moments. What does she do when she's frustrated or angry? She gets on her bike. Right. She She gets on her bicycle. Which is this. Uh, yes, she does. She does that, you know, because we're physical and mental beings. You have to be real careful about things that are. I mean, cutting yourself is a physical act, right. but it's really close to. It's close to the difference would be if you drank. That's essentially you're changing your mental state, as opposed to cutting yourself, which doesn't change your mental state, it changes your physical state, which then hopefully forces your mental state to kind of come into balance, which is what she, what she, why she cut herself. But riding the bicycle is the way she blew off steam. You know, she, she takes a bat. The first thing she says, I'm going to get, I'm going to solve this problem. She grabs the bat. Breaks the lamp. She breaks the lamp. Those are all where she has personally gotten to that point where she's about to explode, her preferred method is as a doer. Now, the story might require her to, to you know, deliberate, but from a personal point of view, it's a, it's, she is a, a doer. So that, that's her preference. Neither one is better or worse. It's just whatever it is in the story. Um, in Star Wars, Luke is a doer. I mean, the first first movie made, you know, 1977. Uh, you know, Princess Leia is going to be killed. Let's go rescue her! You know, 
R2-D2 runs off. Let's go rescue him. You know, he's not really even skilled enough. He gets caught and all that stuff. But he doesn't even think about trying, oh, well, you know, I'll just sort of, uh, you know. Now, it, it's not even a question. So for him, he's also he's a major doer. You have another example of a beer? Sure. Have you seen um, um, the uh, Unforgiven? Yeah. So here you have William Money, who in the past was a super doer, and then he got married, and his wife told him, you know, made him swear off doing, and so now he's a pig farmer, and he's, he's confronted with a room full of men who want to, you know, who are challenging him and calling him, you know, all sorts of nasty things, and he's like, okay, well, that may be it, but that's not who I am, and he gets the crap beaten out of him, and does he get on his horse and go, nope, it's like, okay, I'll just suck it up, and I'll just deal with it. That's what, it, you know, he's, he's using internal energy to resolve his personal issues. Ultimately, though, because of the nature of the story, that doesn't work. The story requires him to do stuff, and he transforms into major doer. He's in a very similar scene. Everybody else has guns in that one, too, and he has one, too, and he kills everybody. Like, okay. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't give it a thought. It's like, you know, you should have done it. Well, he shouldn't have decorated his, you know, saloon with my friend. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, he's completely transformed from a beer to a doer. So that that's an example of a, a, a beer, a really strong beer. And, and so here she transforms from being a doer to a doer to a beer. The yes. Is that typical that there's that transformation where they start one and end up with the other? Yes, because what happens is is that the influence character represents the alternative approach. And frequently, if you're a doer, they represent the beer. Look at Obi-Wan uh, Obi is a perfect example of a beer. You know, he's saying, you know, let the force come through you and I'm going to act as a, a, a role model, you know, be like me kind of thing, as opposed to Luke is like, let's do, let's do, let's do, right? You know, so you typically see that relationship in a, in a story. You, you, you've, you've seen Room, right? Yeah. We talked about that. I, 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 Brie Larson, I think you could make a strong argument that her character in Room is a beer. It's very much a beer character. Okay. Whereas the kid is very much a doer. Yeah. Um, so if you look at, I don't, I, since the, 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 the argument's kind of wobbly in that movie, I'm not sure exactly what the transition is, but at least in terms of how they set up, I think you'll see that the, the beer-doer dynamic between the mom and the son in that movie. All right, we're going to get into a little tricky space here. Um, actually, I'm going to come back to this one. Uh, story driver. Since we just talked about Durham Beer, that's what the main character's approach. We're going to change context now. Now we're looking at the big picture. So the story driver, the question is, do actions drive decisions, or do decisions <laughs> drive actions? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it makes a big difference. If you start with a chicken and end with an egg... That's a story of procreation. Start with an egg and end up with a chicken. It's a story of maturation. Same pieces, but the order makes a difference. So every story will have both actions and decisions. It's just what seems to be the um, driving force. Typically, you'll, you'll be able to identify at least five major events that are connected to the driver. 
the inciting event, the thing that starts the story off, that if it doesn't, that didn't happen, you have no story. The closing event, the thing that wraps it up, and ultimately, every act turn is going to be tied to the same kind of driver. So it'll be action, 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 or decision, decision, decision. Um, if you think of it, we just had Super Bowl on Sunday, and if you look at the offensive team, the guys who have the ball, I'm not a football player, so I always define it for those who are like me who do not know those things. Um, would they be, would you describe them as being action or decision driven and why? For one of the new people. Because we these guys know. Well, they would be decision. Because? Because they decide where the ball's going to go and how. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So they huddle, they make a decision, then they act. I know football. Great. Now, if you're on the other More side story. of the line of, if you're on the other line of the line of scrimmage, it's flipped. Because it doesn't matter what you decide, you have to wait until they act, and then you can decide to counter it or time out or switch players or whatever. But the idea is, is that you're going to see it everywhere. This question is, has to do with, okay, with regards to which seems to be driving the story forward. Do actions drive decisions or decisions drive actions? So in this story, what do we see? I feel like it decisions driving action. Okay. Like in the beginning, somebody makes a decision to bring that new girl there, right? Um, uh, sure. Usually you want to make sure you see the decision uh -uh. Um, one way of thinking of it is that decisions are made or actions happen well um, the f I think the thing that spins it off I don't know for me for her story is the pregnancy because everything's a sense of normalcy in the moment that she finds out that she's pregnant or maybe that's an underlying thing but once it's revealed to us that sort of spirals her okay you know. but that's why I said we're shifting context okay now. Now we're in the big picture. So we're dealing with the troubled kids at the institution. That, that's why context is hugely important in this. And that's why I'll, I'll mention it over and over. Well, I'm just saying there's like that moment where the main dude decides to let her go with her dad. And that becomes a whole fight with Grace. And then she storms into his office and wants to dispute his decision to let her go. Yeah. Just as an example of a decision in the film, it doesn't matter. So we, we see the aftermath of the decision. We don't actually yeah. see the decision uh, dramatized uh -huh. on the screen. I think that's what Chris was saying. If it's a decision uh, story, then we'll see the decision played out on the screen. So we would see the decision to bring her into the home, as opposed to that decision's already been made, and now here she is. She may already be here, which is actually a thing. Right, but we see... Now, now, one thing to say... Just because I put them all here doesn't mean they are of equal emphasis in the story. It's really important to understand that because you might have way more main character scenes than you might have influence character or relationship or, or a lot of relationship and no overall story, a lot of overall story and not much relationship. So each one is going to tend to be, depending on the film, you know, Hamlet, it's called <laughs> Hamlet for a good reason and because we spend an awful lot of time with Hamlet. So his main, his main character through line is a big part of that play. We see big picture thread stuff. We see very little influence character, who's the ghost, primarily. 
the one who's saying, you know, he's the one who sends them out and as the sort of in the beginning, but he's the one who's trying to keep Hamlet in check because Hamlet wants to go after his mom and he goes, nope, you cannot go after your mother. You know, he's constantly like, keep on track, keep on track, you know. So, but there's very few instances where he actually comes in, but he's there and he has that, he's all, that presence is always there. Um, so in, in this, any... Yeah, if you're talking about all the troubled kids overall, you got the, the, the Sammy tries to run away right in the beginning, one of them swears and gets a level drop, one of them hits another with the bat. Those are all actions that are... Okay, which threat. ones? Which are the ones that seem to change the course of events? Uh, well, I don't have one at the beginning, but one that's a pivotal one is when she goes to protect Jaden and she goes to the father's house. You don't see her deciding to do it, she just gets on her bike and goes there and takes the bet. So that's definitely an action, a pivotal moment. Okay. I think um, uh, Jaden running away is a big mm -hmm. one. I think Jaden, along those lines, I think the action is Jaden is at her father's house. Because, and that is, um, I think the, the father takes Jaden away. father takes Jaden away. Um, that, I mean, suddenly the story has changed. We're, we've gone a completely new direction. That's the kind of... I mean, think of it as an act break. Where do you see the act breaks? And then what seemed to trigger the act breaks? Because that's what these basic... That's what these are. These these trigger your act, break, act breaks. And they're going to be... Essentially, Dramatica always sees it as four act, not five, not three, because the 2A and 2B is kind of silly. I mean, it's really just one, two, three, four. Because the nature of what's in the first half of the middle is different than the nature of what's being explored in the second half, which is why calling it all two is really erroneous because they're not exploring the same things. Um, so we also have the introduction of the new girl. That's what starts this, that's what, that's what ties all four threads together permanently and starts the story, sort of almost like puts the last bit of um, the catalyst in that means the, it's going to go to where it's going to end up. But it's from that point on, how late in the movie is that? That's it feels it's late. pretty late. Yeah, it's pretty late. And it, it, it you have, but the reason is, is you're exploring <laughs> a lot of different stuff because you don't have, to, even though they, they technically all happen simultaneously. Practically speaking, however, when you are telling the story, you can start, I'm going to start a little bit with my main character, which is where we start out in the movie, and we find out she's pregnant and all that stuff. That's just her stuff. <laughs> oh, well, the very first part is we have, we have a little bookend at the beginning and end, just so we can kind of get a sense that was, did this things work out or not, and is it good or bad, and is it so, so epilogue, prologue type of things, but they're part of the story. So you have a little bit of that and a little bit here, but you then, you know, you don't even get to these through lines until, you know, a little bit with the boyfriendy thing, you know, we'll, and we'll see again whether or not, how, how closely that fits or not. Um, but you, you know, you sort of weave this together and so it doesn't have to be evenly done. So the idea is at some point, these are all going to sync up, and the only thing you can possibly do is move to the next the next step. Um, the uh, I mean, ultimately, 
her, the new girl, telling uh, the new girl going back voluntarily, permanently, to the home is the thing that wraps it up. Then you have the you know the cleanup of it, which is okay. She talks to the 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 law or whoever the authorities, and uh, so you know that that's going to get taken care of. And then you have the main character, little segment. She's in therapy. Oh, okay. So she's we now know she's on the road to recovery. Uh, All those things we see those nice little tidbits, finishing off each of those pieces. You know. Staggering the little ends, you know, temporarily. Um, so I think yeah, it does seem that the things that completely change the course of events do seem to be tied to activities. Um, the the first one again, I think, with the escape, was really just as a way to give a bookend, so we know big picture how are things at the at the troubled kids uh, institution. Does that sound okay? Timing, all right. Um, and remember, actions lead to decisions. So that's what we're really saying in this case. By choosing action, it says actions drive decisions. But the the last one you said, Jamie decides to go back to the home permanently. That's a decision, but it's an action, isn't it? Well, no. It's really they 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 destroy the car. Oh. And and. She she decides to go back, but she's a basically destroying the car was the destroying the car, you know, was the instead of just taking a bat to her father. Yeah. I think I think the action is she talks to the law. That's what she was never. That, yeah, well, that pretty much ends it. I know? think that's the thing that ends it. It reveals it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I I'll, I'll I'll take that. Um. And again, it's it's from an from an audience point of view, it's always going to be inexact because you don't know what the author is thinking. You're just saying, "What we're trying to think of what we saw and, and how to make sense of it." Well, I think one good point that was made earlier is that most of the decisions aren't happening on camera. No, like, we don't no. really see them. Like even that moment where she decides to go and talk to law enforcement, we just jump cut to that. Yeah. Like but, but we do see a lot of deliberation mm-hmm. after the fact. Yeah. So, which is why you see that driving those decisions or driving those deliberations, but you know, you always see that as the as the aftermath of what what how how do you deal with it? Next one is story limit, time lock or option lock. Do you, something's going to bring this to a crisis. You're either going to run out of time, or you're going to run out of options. A time lock is literally a deadline or a fixed amount of time. You know, you've got noon. Get this done by now. Or you've got 48 hours. At 48 hours, hair play. <laughs> you know, whatever the goal is, you're gonna fight for it and win, or fight for it and lose. But the final climax crisis is gonna happen, whether you like it or not. Um, an option lock is there are certain only a certain number of conditions, your limited number of conditions, um, and once you've run out of those options, again, same thing. It's time to pay or play, um, which means you have to kind of have a sense of what the goal is. Uh, and uh, anybody have an? And the other, the other way of looking at an option lock is also if you have some stories not about 
options, but about space that needs to be explored. You have a certain amount of territory that needs to be covered. You know, a New York to LA. Well, you know, there's some only amount, this, the amount of space that's left, and once you get to LA, you gotta deal with it, right? And that's how those stories have any kind of sense of, oh, this is gonna be over when X. So there is a lack of a time lock for sure. There's no deadline, there's no fixed amount of time. In fact, kind of weird, you're not even sure exactly how much time has elapsed during certain things. You think, oh, it's been two weeks, oh, it's been how long, you know. But what kind of options do we see as being the, there only be a limited number of options available before, you know, something's gonna happen? Well, there is a little bit of a time lock because they do speak specifically about the girl about Jaden and her limitations on how long she's at short-term 12. So, like, they talk about how her dad's coming to get her in two weeks. Right, but he doesn't. But See, he, this yeah. is the reason that it's not an matter of time. Yeah. It's the lock part that's really important. Okay. In other words, what is going to force it to a crisis? And if you can add more time, it's not a time lock. Or if you can add more options, it's not an option lock. It's literally... So... Now, some stories are really explicit. Uh, monkey's paw, you have three wishes. When you've used that last wish, you know basically the crisis, you've hit crisis point, you've either won or lost. Yeah. Um, Nanny McPhee, there are five lessons I must teach these children. You know, once the fifth lesson is done, story has essentially come to a crisis point. Uh, Sometimes, and very frequently, they're not nearly as explicit, but you can imply them. You can cer certainly sort of sense what they are. Star Wars is an option log, uh, sort of in two ways. One is that in the big picture, you can certainly see it in terms of the Empire is trying to find the rebels, and there are only a certain number of ways that they can find them. And, you know, first they, they try doing all the places where they used to be, and then they try to coerce it out of the princess and blow up, you know, Alderaan, and then they try to, you know, and then they finally find it, and they have to get the Death Star there, but once the Death Star is there, you have your big crisis moment, right? You've got the two forces are physically in proximity. Um, in this, anybody have an idea what well, might... Well, two things I can think of. There's, um, the, her father's getting out of in a certain amount of time. Okay, that's main character. So that's a different context. That's what, that's what's going on with Grace. That's not what's right. going on in the big picture. Right. This is the story limit, not the not Grace's limit. So you would say the same thing for a portion on Saturday? I was just going to say that. That was the mm -hmm. second thing. Yeah, because Saturday part. came and went kind of, sort of. We had a lot of time pass and Saturday... There was a lot more that seemed like there's a lot more than... I don't think so, no, because at the the doctor's visit could have easily been the abortion clinic or it could have been the, the, the ultrasound. We didn't know how much time had gone, but it could have been either one. But, but if it was a timeline story, you'd, you'd have constant reinforcement of what of, of where we are in the timeline. You you know, that, that's the nature of the timeline. Well, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus but, but no, 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 but more importantly, that's not part of the overall story. If everyone was concerned with Grace's baby, then that could have been part of it. If it, but at that point, you'd really have to make everybody aware how much time before we make this decision about whether or not we keep the baby. But the story's about people healing themselves, because you have 
people who are sort of caretakers who are there to protect these kids. About kids healing themselves. Kids finding protection and trying to be healed. But it's about the kids. It's not about the adults. The only, well, adult, the only adult that we're dealing with is the main character, but that's in the first She's still friend. a kid, though. Her mm-hmm. and Mason are both still kids. They're out of that system. But that's not what that's not what the big picture is about. See, that's the see the important reason I'm saying this is it'll become a little more evident when we start looking at what they're exploring because they're going to be exploring completely different things. But right now, trust me on the, when I'm I, I'm asking the question as it regards to and think of the characters by their their function, not their names. So we're looking at. This really sort of starts when the new girl comes in, right? And ultimately it ends when the new girl stays, stays permanently. Um, so what are, this, what are the steps that... And, what, and the problem with her... I mean, staying is the... sort of resolves it. The problem is, is that you've got a father abusing a child who is temporarily for some wacky reason, just sort of shuttling her there during the week because he can't deal with it, and then supposedly bringing her home for weekends, um, which is weird. So there's only a certain number of ways to find out what's going on before she gets put back in there and permanently is out of the system and therefore cannot be saved. Right? Isn't that kind of really what what's going on there yeah so it's like I, at first I was going to say the options are ways of treating the kids because it's like you see medicine you see we let the kid have his dolls we take the dolls away from the kid we keep the door open with this girl but now that you're talking I feel like what it really is is how do you draw Jaden's story out of her and it's you you try to be you try to befriend her you put her in the, the room with the Bobo doll you listen to her story you go across her father um, at night, and those are the things that are going to bring. Her. Right, and my, my, and I think what it should have been is exactly the one you were talking about, about the different ways to treat kids, and this treating this new girl is one of those things, because what you were just describing was really the relationship, right? Because it only involved the two of them. It was really just about the two of them and that growth. And that's where you have to be really careful. Is again, that really sounded like that buddy buddy thing going on, not the big picture. And I think the big picture is how do you treat these kids and get them to heal. And that's why you have the whole thing with the, the little redhead and discovering, you know, you've got the new guy. The whole point of having the new guy there is how do you how do you sort of enter into that world and become helpful and be accepted. And that that was sort of his role, is to show, rather than being a clueless, pardon my French, dick, about, you know, his, what he says and thinking, everything thinking the world is all about him. Well, how are you feeling? Oh, well, I feel it's like, no, I wasn't talking about you. You know, here you've got someone who's just like so self-absorbed in a world where you've got these children that are damaged goods by, you know, not their fault, but they're the ones who are suffering it, and you've got lots of different ways of approaching it, and ultimately he's the one who's able to rescue this one kid from practically catatonia 
And we see that that ultimately works out because the bookend. The bookend tells us that he was successful. So I think that's really what that big... I think that's what the, that, that limit was really trying to be. How do you reach these kids and how do you, how do you actually help them? And there's a lot of different stories in there. A lot of different people with, you know, what happened with, uh, with um, Mason. Not Mason. Marcus. 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 There's another story, you know, that's another part of it. But that's after the fact. Because it looks like it's a failure story. You know, so he's got all these different things that happen. Um, so it appears to be an option lock. I'd sure say it's, it's an extremely, an extremely soft option lock. I don't think there's really anything that's clearly defined. However, the reason, the way you can tell there is one or there isn't one, if you ever get the feeling of it's like, when is this going to be over? And you have no clue when it's going to be over, there's no limit. Or if you feel, oh, okay, it's over, and then it goes on, there was a limit, but they didn't honor it. There's some unspoken definition that they set up that you go through and then you ignore it. The last two are fortunately the easy ones. The last two I'm going to hit here first. First one is story outcome, success or failure. So looking at the big picture, there's a goal. Is it achieved or not? Achieved. So, achieved. And how do we know? Uh, every, uh, I think mainly because our protagonist says that she's going to talk about her issues, but we also see the girl talking to the police and opening up about that. Okay, so the main character stuff, that's not going to be part of this. This is a big picture thing, so let's put that aside. The young girl isn't with her father. <coughs> okay. Anything Marcus else? is okay. She's okay. Everybody seems okay. The kid runs out, and then he turns around. Right, so everybody who's supposed to be there wants to stay there. Because mm -hmm. at the beginning, the first story we hear about is about the kid who runs away. And what happened to him? Well, two days later, he ran away again. Uh, he ran away again, and two, and two days later, they found him dead behind the bushes. That's the failure story. <laughs> so they, they really clearly defined, if this is going to be a failure story, here's what it's going to look like. And we ended up at the end was, same kid, redhead, runs out, exact same things, but he's not running away. He's teasing the train, the the, uh, the helpers, and he's having a great time, and he and nobody is trying to escape. That's by definition success. That means people are there; they're getting help. They're not in the they're in a safe zone. Now the next one is story judgment, good or bad. Now this is more the emotional assessment, and closer to what you were talking about. Usually you can look to the main character for this. It's a little broader than that, but the main character is usually the best gauge. And the idea is there's an inequity. There's something out of balance. It's creating anxiety. Is it resolved? If it is, that's good. If it's not, it's bad. So at the end of this story, where do we see it? Good. Good, and because... What did, we, what did you say? Everybody. Now, this is going to be more about her. She decides to talk about her issues. She, and she's able to be okay with it. 
because she could be really feeling crappy about it too. But it seems to be therapeutic in a positive way. And that's that means we basically have a happy ending. So the the idea is, is that when you have a success good story, that's a happy ending. A failure bad story is a tragedy. But then you also have the bittersweet, the success bad and the failure good. Silence of the Lambs, do they stop Buffalo Bill from killing the senator's daughter? Yes, success. But are the lambs still screaming? Yeah, they are. That's bad. So personally, it's not so good. Big picture, it works out fine. Rocky, does he win the competition? No. No. It's a failure. But does he able to get past all the personal stuff that he has? Yeah, he is. So it's a failure good story, a personal triumph, as opposed to a personal tragedy. Okay, so answering any independent question by itself has a certain meaning, but when they start to stack them, you start getting those harmonics, is what, which when we're seeing it, that's what we're really registering. We're not registering the pieces. We're registering sort of the collective of all of those things. Just like when you eat a muffin, you have the collective of all those spices and all the ingredients as they interact with one another. One another. That's what gives you that, mmm, this tastes great, or mmm, this tastes terrible, you know, or whatever, in, you know, in between. Um, okay, so are we, are we pretty good with that? No? Yeah. Oh, yes. good. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So now we're going to shift gears completely. And for you new people, it's going to be this is going to be a little tougher to follow. Um, so for a moment, just briefly glance over at the wall here, and you'll see there's a very, very complicated uh, chart there. And actually, here, you would... Take one, pass along. Do you want one? Yeah. Um, that is going to be a black and white version of, of that if you open it up. Um, did you want one, John? Actually, um, yeah. And you can hand those out at the meet at your meetings. Too. Oh yeah, I often do. They ask for them. Um, and there's a lot of terms there, and I'm not going to worry. Don't worry about trying to define them right now. The easiest thing is to sort of use their general term, general understanding of the term, but they're really a far more, um, they have much broader and narrower different uh, definitions. So the most important one that we're looking at right now is the, if you look at the big ones, I've written it up here just looking at the large labels, and we call this a quad. This essentially is four squares. And the important thing to understand for what I'm going to be talking about is that there are relationships that we call we call dynamic pairs. They're the dynam they're the diagonals, and they are the things that are in this in a relationship that have the greatest potential for conflict. So your main character and influence character are going to be in a dynamic pair. The overall story and the relationship are going to be a dynamic pair because you have the dispassionate versus passionate, um, the I and the you. You know, that, that personal and impersonal. So what we do now is we take these four perspectives and map them to the chart. And what that starts to do is it starts to give us a sense of not only what each of these perspectives are looking, you know, where they're looking from and what they're about, but also 
how are they going to be explored? So, um, so for instance, a situation, the easiest way to think of this, if you look at the top half, this is external, and the bottom half is internal. Remember we were talking about doer and beer? So doers would be dealing with things that are in external, and beers would be dealing with things in the internal. Then the diagonals, you have state, meaning a you know, status, something that's stuck, not, not moving. And then along the other diagonal, you have process. So you have an external state as a situation. So you have a problematic situation. An external process is an activity, something that's out of control that needs to be brought under control. An, external, an internal state is a fixed attitude, a fixation, a, a bias, prejudice. Um, and then pro internal process is psych, you know, psychological problems or manipulation. Those are, those are the areas in which we're going to try to find the best way to describe what's going on in the story in the context of each through line. Uh, so anybody want to take a stab at either the main character or the influence, or the uh, overall story? Where they, which one of these domains seems to be the area that it seems to be focused in? Go ahead. Um, Grace is pregnant, animation. And okay. I think that um, <clears throat> that's driving her problem because she's some uh, how she's gotten pregnant before and that she's going to have a child in the future and the people she's taking care of now seem to be falling apart around her so is she going to think she's you just described past and progress and future and present yes yep. that was All not an accident up. yeah so if you look <laughs> if you look on your charts the upper left hand quadrant the next size down, he was describing those four large subsections, which are past, present, <coughs> progress, and future, or how things are changing is another way of saying progress. And so that's another way of looking to see where it is as you look what's inside it and say, do I see these things in the context of, of that? And so for her, it's a problem. She's in a state, and until she's accepted the state, in which case there's no more problem, or she's terminated the state, there's no more problem. But until then, she's in an external state that is creating conflict for her. And that's why looking at Grace and everything she's dealing with with back to what you originally said is all with regards to that. I mean, she's got the, the history, you know, the past that she's she's dealing with, all those all those things. Now, So is this grid... Primarily related to the main character? No, no, journey? no. Okay. Because what we'll see is, so we'll put the main character here. All right. So because of um, <coughs> what, uh, making a choice that the main character is there, we already know then where the influence character is going to be. She's going to be down in the fixed attitude. Okay. Or he, too. It might be him as well. Might be Mason or Jake. So this is going to be someone who's dealing with seeing the world by looking at, you know, here's the way I see the world. This is the way it's got to be. I'm going to, I'm, you know, fuck you if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And five, five minutes in, uh, into her introduction to the story, Grace says, well, your attitude is a real problem. It's going to be a real problem. Right. It's and right it's a real problem for Grace. Yeah. It's the one that's really challenging what Grace is about. Because Grace is seeing herself, and <coughs> she's looking at a young girl who's just like her, which then, again, calls into question, can she be a good mother? because of how messed up she is. It's another consideration that she, her situation is challenging that wouldn't be there if this, if this girl didn't pop into her life, which is why she finds out she's pregnant. Okay, let's schedule it. It's not like a non-issue for her at that point because she doesn't <laughs> think about her past until Jaden shows up. And suddenly now that, oh man, I'm dealing with this stuff I thought I'd, I'd completely forgotten about. I thought I'd never have to deal with. And it just it really rattles her. All right. Now what we need to do is decide where the overall story is going to be. Do we see that everybody, this, these troubled kids in a group home facility, is it because they're troubled activities, things that, in ex external problems that they're dealing with? Or are we dealing with psychological problems that they're dealing with? No, I'm just joking. Marcus can't swing a bat. But no, I would say... <laughs> <laughs> I would say more psychological. Uh, that everybody, I mean, it is yeah. short of being a psych ward. Yeah. Um, they're there because they're emotionally disturbed. They don't know how to behave. You know, behavioral things are, are internal. So you see that we see our, our overall story then is here, which puts our, our relationship in activities, which is why you see the two of them doing all these physical things together, like kicking the crap out of that, that uh, Bobo, uh, Bobo doll and, and drawing and... The car. Yeah, batting the car. I mean, all, they're all these trouble... Pardon? Running away. Yeah, running away. Exactly. So, I mean, that's why you see all that. Most of the activity seems to be focused on the two of them, whereas when we see the other kids, we're seeing, you know, them uh, manipulating one another. You know, what just I said, you know, is, is trying to piss him off, and, you know, is he the one who, he just he killed my, my fish, and so I'm going to kill myself, and I don't want to leave because I feel like I'm going to be lost, and all, all sorts of, things that the kids are dealing with or removing of all the toys but he's just like he becomes a you know the little breadhead becomes a you know catatonic in response to it so it's all he's completely lost inside of his head so you just see see a lot of that um, and they didn't you notice they didn't really spend a whole lot of time on what the effect of the meds were so it really focused just on the behavioral stuff so that then indicates that we have, at least from what we've seen, it seems to fall into really nice, the, the pattern very nicely and consistently. And what this allows us to do then is to be able to explore each of those threads within a very specific context to understand the nature of what it is that they're going to explore. And we can look at the film, you know, recall what we've seen from the film, and see, in fact, do we see examples of that showing up in those parts of the story. Um, and so the next thing we do is we have to move, if you look, if you look over on your 
um, chart, what you'll see is that in each of the four, each of the domains, the largest, the broadest area we call the domain, or it's a, cl a class, structurally it's called class, but we call it the domain. So we have the four domains, and the each one of them broken into four um, types, or what we call concerns. So in situation, we've got past, present, how things are going, and, and future. In activity, we have understanding, doing, gathering information, and obtaining. In fixed attitude, we have memories, contemplations, impulsive responses, and innermost desires. And then in manipulation, or psychology, which I prefer to call it, um, you've got developing a plan, playing a role, conceiving an idea, and changing one's nature. So what we want to do then is we want to try to find, what, we'll, what you'll see is over the course of the story, each one of those will be the focus of an act. And ideally, we'll probably end up seeing, seeing exactly how those things flow through, and we can look to see if that's how the, the film um, followed that. But what we want to do now is to say, okay, in the overall story, we see everything's dealing with manipulation or, or psychological problems. Within that, where do we see trouble brewing up from? Is it from um, people playing roles? Is it from the nature of people trying to change one's nature or being their nature changed or coming up with an idea? Conceiving an idea is just sort of like getting it. You know, do you, under, do you understand what's going on? Um, developing a plan is, okay, how are we going to work through something? Um, I mean, each of those, I mean, I'm not sure that I, I, I'm not sure which one that would be. For her, in situation, she seemed to be troubled more by her past, her present, her future, or how things are changing. That's probably the easier one, probably, for us to answer, because we spend a lot of time with, with Grace. Anybody, anybody have a suggestion for what they think that would be? Past, right? Well, she sure has an issue with the past. Absolutely, it seems that's like that's the major thing she needs to get over in order to resolve her angst. Yeah, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, she certainly the, the the pregnancy has to do with the future, and she's uncertain about it. But it's but it's about getting beyond the past. But it's based on the past. It's based yeah. on the past. Yeah, she's not actually. She never says she's worried about me. Never. She's never us. Right. I think she's more worried about like, can she? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But because of the well, because yeah, of the yeah, past, yeah. right? <laughs> it's, is her past going to affect her ability to be a mother? Yeah. You know, her mm -hmm. damaged past, and, yeah. or in some ways, the past that she's pretty much blocked out and does and refuses to yeah. deal yeah. with. It causes intimacy issues as well. Right. Mason. It's Grace and Mace. But what, when you were do, going over the through lines for the overall story, when you said you know conceptualizing developing a plan. Uh, see, it seems to be what the, the subject matter is for the overall story is how how do we work through this in, in each of these cases? For each you know, of how do we work? You know, with with uh, 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 not uh, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus, right? That's why you, anyway. uh, <laughs> that's right, why you, you don't have two characters in the same. Yeah, Mason, Marcus. Um, right. uh, how do you work through that? Uh, with the new guy, Nate, I think his name was. How, how you know, in terms of him, how do you work through him getting, you know, acclimated to the environment? It all seems to be working well, it through and developing a plan. And the redhead, it's like we're trying a new plan on you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, right, we're right. Take the dolls away. This is, you know. Yeah. Um, and who came up with that idea? 
and, and <laughs> you know, who, exactly. who, right? And, and, and she and and uh, um, uh, when she, I think the the scene uh, with with the guy named Jack, the man who's kind of the manager or whatever. Um, I, hmm. I I don't know. I think that's a sign. That's a very strong sign. Well, I think it's a I think it's um, a playing a role. Meaning we have a we have a function here. We are caretakers. That is as far as we can go. We cannot go. We're not therapists. You're not a therapist. We have therapists. They do what they do. You do what you do. That's how this works. And when they step off the property, they're out of our, uh, out of our, out of bounds. We mm-hmm. cannot touch them. We cannot do anything. You know. So yeah, I think he he's basically was laying down that that rule. Right. Mm-hmm. So putting her in her place, saying you have a role here. That's it. You know, you're not her mother. <laughs> you're not her sister. You're not her whatever. It's like this is this is it. Right, but so I think all those signposts are hit. I mean, certainly changing one's nature is, you know, right. it's addressed at the end when they talk about Marcus changing his nature, uh, and certainly, and again, you know, it's like who came up with that stupid idea? The, you know, these therapists don't know what they're doing. Um, are all so I think that just well confirms. even in the beginning she says when she's introducing the new guy like this is what you do mm-hmm. you know this is the role that you play mm-hmm. yeah right yeah exactly I mean. She gets told it, but then she also tells it to somebody else in right. the beginning, right up top. Um, and then, if you look at the relationship, uh, if you look at if, if what we're seeing is if it's the past, then that would mean that we'd be. It's really interesting. Okay, no, so no, but she she denies the past. She doesn't want to deal with the past for the whole movie. So it's not right. about the past. Well, no, no, no. But you see, recovering the past can be it. Just like if you look at any of these, it could be the existence of it or the absence of it. So, for instance, if we look in fixed attitude, memory. So it's remembering. It's also forgetting. Um, you know, and and obtaining. Obtaining is not only gaining something but losing something. You know, so th- all of those flavors are completely part of that territory, and you can you can explore both of them or all of them. It doesn't need to be one particular type. We tend, culturally, we tend to be biased toward a certain interpretation of, for instance, obtaining. We always think of it as gaining. But whenever one thing is gained, it's lost from someplace else. So you, you, it always includes that other half. And you might want to be gaining it, or you might not want to be gaining it. You might want to lose something, or you might not want to lose it. If it's weight, you want to get rid of it. If it's money, you might want to gain it, <laughs> get it. You know, so um, those things also aren't, aren't topics. No, they're so, they're arenas. Yeah, they don't talk about the past, but the problems come from her past. So it's not the subject matter; it's the frame of reference. It's also her blind spot. I mean, she's right. she, that, that's why it, that's why it's the most potent, the po- most powerful concern in that group. Is because she is in denial of it and won't talk about it. So that's why it's so powerful. So if you think of if you think of someone having a, okay, here look at the fourth row line. So we have beginning. And this is the beginning. This is the end. This is the middle. And then we have middle. And then we've got two act turns, right? If you think about a change character, what what each of these acts represents. This is the insta- this is where things start, and then something will change the nature in the in there the essentially the K 
chemistry changes and forces things to to explore as much as you can. For instance, for instance, the main character they'll explore as much as they can, and then they have to change tactics. And that's what the act break is. This is essentially it's okay. You have those blinders. Boom! There goes one of them. And you're you know you're it's very painful to to lose all these justifications that you've built up. Moves on, the next one drops down. Moves on, the next one drops down. So by the end, the things that hid the original problem from the main character are now available to them. That doesn't mean they're going to choose, oh, now that I see that new path, I'm going to take the new path. But now I know at least what the choice was, which was, of course, in the backstory what the choice was originally, where it built it up. It's really about the process of tearing it down for a change character. The Steadfast character is exactly the opposite. You start where they don't have any, something disrupts them, and then they have to keep on building blinders so that they can stop looking back and looking forward to, uh, nope, I'm going to continue ahead. No, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay the course. You get right up to the end, and you're going, crap, which way do I go? <laughs> you know, I've got huge amount of weight on both sides. I don't know which way is the right one, but I'm going to con- T- I'm going to take that leap, I'm going to stay the course maybe it'll work out maybe it won't, you can never tell from within the system you, it, you know, you, inside you can never tell what's going to happen so that's what these acts do is they essentially tear down the blinders so you mean, by the time you get to the end that character can see what's, what's <coughs> the source of their problem um, the last one would be in, over in understanding In the relationship, it's sort of like, okay, misunderstanding or trying to to understand what's going on with this girl because um, I'm afraid there's going to be a repeat of something that I know has happened or maybe it's it's happening just like me or not. I don't know. I I can't, you know. I mean, the most obvious thing is the, the, the arc of the relationship is is gaining a, is, is gaining an understanding, a mutual understanding. Right. Uh, so it's a it's a positive. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A constructive relationship. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the nature of what happens when you've got those. But when you choose one concern, you actually choose it for all four. It's based on position. So if we chose past as the thing that she's most concerned with over the entire length of the story even though she'll explore how things are changing and how the future and all that other stuff, the one that's sort of where where it seems to be always a problem, that means understanding will be in the relationship, memory, um, in fixed attitude for our influence character, and developing a plan in the overall story. So that that particular level, you pick one, you've got all four of them because they're all tied together that way. In the same quadrant. Yes, in the same quadrant. Right. Thoughts? Are we okay with with that? Okay, let's move on, and we're going to now need to bring up the software. Um, pardon? Oh, are you using that? Or? Uh, I'll just bring my other computer. No, you can do it. Just wait. Make sure. What? I'll just set it up for you and do it. Okay. So, uh, I still going to need to bring up the. Oh, you can't do the projector for me. No, no, no. no. I'll, I have the screen right here. Uh, you're not plugged into it, right? No. Nope. So let me just bring this back over so I can so operate and y'all... Right. Okay. Perfect. So now what we're going to do 
is look at the software just because there's so many choices. Um, oh, great, right there. And again, at any point, this this is where it's going to get a little overwhelming for you who's not who's <laughs> like. If it, if it isn't already, it will start to get even more stuff. So I'm just going to make some of the choices we have made. <laughs> uh, we said she's a change character. We said she's a doer. We said it's a action driven, right? We left. Wait, said it's an option lock. Not a strong one. Success. Good. Overall story we said was manipulation, and we. Oh, and we said our main character concern was the past. Now, what I didn't point out to you, and I'll point out to you after the fact, the story forms remaining, we now have 32 possible story forms to choose from out of 32,768 that we started with before I made those, I don't know, seven choices or whatever it was. Um, and instead of having these things where, say, any of four, any of 16, those were any of 64. So we've narrowed some of the choices down. It makes it a lot easier to um, approach it. Now, I'm going to pull up a part of the program that basically looks like that chart, uh, because it's easier in this context just to sort of do a lot of little exploring. Because as you see, each one of those, although they show the impact of a choice, they don't give you any context for it at all. So um, we're going to bring up the, what we call the theme browser. You see, it's essentially, it's kind of, and I will do some zooming in because the text is so tiny. Um, so if we go over to our main character, all right, so there we are looking at the past. And you'll see the next level down, uh, fate, destiny, prediction, interdiction. Those are the, um, typically you'd think one of the, this is more the thematic level. So this is where you'd have uh, commentary on the big, on what's going on in Kate's life. What seems to be the things that she... Grace's life. I'm sorry, Grace's life. <laughs> yes, that was a <laughs> weird slip. Uh, uh, Grace's life. And um, so of any of the four, do any of the four... That are there speak to anyone. Uh, fate, uh, sort of the path that you're chosen. It's, if you go down here, we have um, so fate is the future situation that will befall an individual versus destiny, which is the path that you must take. So rather than what's going to happen, it's the how you're going to get there. Um, prediction is a predetermination of a future, basically future state of affairs versus interdiction is an effort to change a predetermined course. Um, I know these are really abstract. Prediction. Um, okay, and and uh, why? Because she's trying to assess where she's been and who she is as a person based on how she's going to be, one, as a mother, but also as a wife, but two, is like how she's going to handle all the problems that she has beset before her for what her life's going to look like in the next five years. Like, what life is she building for herself? So I think, like, ultimately it's, like, it's not just about her efficacy at the short-term 12, but also just her ability to be able to understand, like, who is she? Like, I think she's asking that question. Like, what is she capable of? Okay. What can she take on? So, yeah. And what you find is, is that 
if if it was if we were looking at prediction as her th- we call a thematic issue, then it's really going to be a thematic conflict between prediction and interdiction. So what the what you're destined for versus trying to the effort to try to change that course. Um, you know, uh, and I think it's. I mean, I think that of the two, that speaks better to me, but I'm not. The, the, the two dynamics? Yeah, in terms of prediction and interdiction, sound mm-hmm. like a good. I like destiny because yeah. I like um, projection and speculation. I like aware and self aware. That's, that's where. It, but but just, but well, just looking at the term by itself. Um, no, no, I was looking underneath the term. Mm-hmm. It'd be specifically for the same thing, and I think. So what they were saying is, by rather than looking at the thematics itself, because you're going to have all four of those are going to be in her through line. They're going to be a real big focus of it. Um, but by looking below that to say, okay, what's going to be the actual cause of a problem and its solution, plus the symptom, which would be the thing that if you asked her what she thinks her problem is, the one she would identify, and then her, her response to try to resolve that, perceived problem. But the story isn't about whether she's aware or self-aware of her problem. She knows what her problem is. It's about getting the boulder rolling. To me, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm getting, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just about her saying, I'll talk. You yeah. know, th- <laughs> sorry. That's inertia and change. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I sorry, I'm... No, it's a good argument. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is exactly <laughs> the time but, but you're making. If you don't argue, you can't learn the system. Great. Right. Like, okay, great. You have to argue or that's you good. Will. That's good for me then. Great, so, great, great. Um, I, I saw that, she, and this could be me totally putting this on this, but what I saw was fear. Every time one of the kids heard of, heard himself, I saw, I read that as she's concerned about her own, what, how she's going to be as a parent because she didn't prevent this, which I'm putting under speculation and projection. But I might be putting a lot of that on it. I might that might. Be but but uh, back away into her more personal moments. Because that's the easier way to, to, to evaluate. What do you? How do you see those? You know, the, when her when her father calls, uh, when she gets, there's a call that says her father's going to get out, and is going to be paroled. That is a pretty that's, intense moment for her. That struck me as out of those eight as inertia. So it's going back. That that we're going to be back to the same old, same old, and uh, right. can't escape can't escape that. Right. All right. But, but it could also be aware because it's aware of he's going to be he's going to be back in her environment. Um, but what does she do every time something comes up? Like another problem happens. She just sits on it. You know what I mean? She, she refuses to talk. She refuses to talk. But she, she bicycles. So, is that the opposite of inertia? Is that the manifestation of what? Well, it's also there's also actuality and perception um, go in that group, and so one of them is the underlying problem. One is the what appears to be the problem. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to think of examples where actuality and perception um, are issues um, for her. Mm-hmm. Those um, mm-hmm. well, like the perception of what kind of mother she'll be, and actually what kind of mother she'll be. 
Or is it the perception that um, in her mind, or she's handling things by running hot? No, the way. No, that's not how these two things work. One would, if one of them is a problem, the diagonal one will actually resolve it. So that's that's the relationship. If you're looking at the problem, then the diagonal one will be the solution, and it can go either way. But um, and then the other pair, one of them will be the apparent problem and the apparent solution. Um, but her perception is that she can't be this other person. Well, okay, for to herself, right? Or am I, I don't know. Am I arguing? Where do myself? we? Where do we? How do we know that? I mean, because she's constantly, she's constantly running away from Mason. In but, terms, but, of, but how is that a perception issue? That's the problem. See, perception, very specifically, is sort of how you perceive. This is the way things appear, but are not truly. So, and and if you're saying, and, and you need to remember, is okay. this the context for of the problem or the solution? Or what she thinks the problem is, as opposed to the real problem, the real source of her drive, or what she thinks the solution to her problem would be. Say, so, yeah, I think let's go to the let's go to the big picture. Let's just look at the overall story for a second. So, if we're looking at our overall um, story, now what's nice is in here you've got state of being, sense of self, situation, and circumstances. Thematically, those all sound really rich for these kids and and where they find themselves. Can you describe sense of self and state of being? Sure. State of being is how you are right now. You know, are you upset? Are you catatonic? Are you um, happy? Are you, you know, uh, sense of self is what do you think about yourself? What What's your evaluation of yourself? Do you have a positive evaluation of yourself? Do you have a, a negative evaluation of yourself? Uh, do you have, you know, a lack of any kind of sense of self at all, or or a grandiose sense of self. So it's really about about who you think you are, as opposed to really the way you truly are. Um, in Hamlet, that's where Hamlet is. Is he's in his sense state of being and sense of self, which is the to be or not to be. You know, it's like, do I exist or do I not exist? And if I do, well, is that really what I see myself as being? You know, should I, am I that kind of person? And if I go there, is it going to be terrible? Or, you know, should, do I deserve that kind of thing? Um, you know, that's, you know, that that's kind of where that whole uh, soliloquy ends up in that particular area. But we look at our, our kids. So what, what seems to be the problem with these kids? What do we, what do we see or with the, the entire facility, you know, having this facility, because kids are trying to run away. Why are they trying to run away? Well, I'm thinking of uh, Marcus's rap song, and uh, uh, that, to me, that, that's, that screams circumstances, um, because it just, it's a, just a revelation of what, what the circumstances of his life are. And, and uh, 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 Jaden's little story about the octopus uh, to me, is is just screaming out. These are my circumstances. I, you know, uh, uh, I've been betrayed. You know, I've, you know, whatever that story meant. It was some some metaphorical to the circumstances of her life. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, let's see. The um, we don't really know. Let's see. Louise's. We don't really think of much of his backstory. The redhead kid. Um, oh, I know where this. Okay. Um, but it, but it just, I don't know. It just, <laughs> um, I don't know. That that's just what seems to 
really kind of resonate I think there's among also, those four terms. Just to play off the, the, the dynamic opposite, they're, they are in a situation. They are out of their house. Mm-hmm. They are in this place. It has its own rules. Mm-hmm. And that's going to play off of their circumstances. Mm-hmm. So that would be the counterpoint. All right. I'm going to make a yeah. small argument based on what you were saying, very consistent with what you're saying. If we look at our, go back to, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest that the problem and solution for grace is self-aware is the problem, and uh, uh, aware is the problem and self-aware is the aware solution. Is the problem because she's aware is the problem. Now, what awareness is, is being aware of others kind of almost to the absence of being aware of yourself. And that's exactly what she has done. She's essentially set up, I'm going to go down this path where this thing that has happened to me, it is no longer me. I'm going to be looking out. I'm going to be looking at everybody around me. And as long as I do that, I will be able to not have to deal with whatever I dealt with. And for her life, it was a way to cope. And look at the job that she did. So, so the problem also is truly becomes the source of motivation and drive for that character. It becomes a problem when it no longer works, where it is create where it's creating conflict because the influence character comes in and sort of starts to point out at the symptom and the, the symptom and, and uh, so if we said, for instance, I'll just say this is the main character problem. So you'll notice what it's happened. It says, okay, speculation is the symptom and projection is the response. So if you asked Grace, what's troubling you? She's going to say, well, there's just too much speculation about what is going on, you know, about with about me or about my life or or I'm, I'm speculating as what might, um, is this going to work in my relationship with, with, you know, my fiance or not? Or is this baby going to, can I be a good parent? And that's, so... The response is, well, okay, how, how can you look at this and make sense of the world? I'll project out where, who I am and where, to where that logically will, will go. And for her, usually that's an okay place because she sees herself around children and stuff and it's all right. Or she says, you know, I can get rid of this baby because, you know, I know I'm probably not, it's not a good situation for me right now. Until you have the introduction of the influence character where the self-aware problem starts to be sort of tickled. She can't see self-aware. She's a complete, and she can't even see aware as, as the, her motivation, but she can sense that that other, that other is there. And it's sort of like, holy crap, what is this? And ultimately, what does it require her to do? She has to... Go back in touch with where who that girl was that said, I'm shutting this all out, which is where we find her at the very end. She's finally, she is finally looking inside and saying, here's what's going on. Now, we see from the outside, we you know, it's easy to assume that, oh, she, she's dwelling on that and stuff. No, she's constantly trying to, like, batten down the hatches so she cannot see it by looking away, looking at others. And unfortunately, she keeps on looking at the girl who looks an awful lot like she did in a situation that's an awful lot like her. And of course, what's the big tripping point? 
Daddy's coming home. And holy crap, Daddy just came home for Jaden. Well, we know where that, project that out. Where is that going to go? Not a good place. So she's going to go and stop it. And that's what drives her over to that house is based on the fact that she's taken her life and projected it forward and going, crap, I'm going to, I'm going to take care. I couldn't take care of it for me. I'm going to take care of it for her. Right. And so we can see, understand that step, but really that's not going to heal her. All that will do is I'll get her to the point where now like, oh, oh crap. I have this, I have a choice here now. You know, fortunately, she didn't make the wrong... <laughs> she was stopped by her influence character. Um, but now she has the opportunity to heal. And fortunately, the story says, yes, she's going to step up and begin that very slow process by becoming more self-aware. And that will resolve the inequity that would not allow her to have a child or have a life or have a family and be... We see that is, in fact, what happens. She's able to move forward with the rest of her life just by beginning to have that self-awareness. Now, if we look at the overall story and let's see what its effect there, what we see is that, the again, the problem in here is going to be aware. So, so what's driving everyone is everyone is looking out for, for others. I mean, it's, this is the nature of the facility. That's what, what's motivating everyone. And unfortunately, it can also create a lot of conflict. But if you, if you see what seems to be everybody focusing on, which is what the symptom is, because everybody, if you ask anybody what the problem is, look how unfair these children have been treated. Look how this, this huge inequity, this huge, this terrible, terrible inequity, these things, terrible things have happened to these children. kids. <laughs> Underprivileged kids. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And what's the response? We're going to create an environment where everything is, they're fairly treated. There is balance. There is, it's, it's. Everybody gets a birthday cupcake. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that will allow the healing to begin. And that, and that, and point of fact, ultimately though, it requires that there are certain kinds of problems that cannot be solved just by treating everything objectively through awareness and you do have to be look inward and say okay well, self-aware there are problems that do require self-reflection and we do need to get the system to be aware that right. that aware of it which is her big argument to her boss right yeah you know he's saying no we can't we can't go there well, no, no he's even saying I've, I've been doing this for longer than you've been alive I'm completely aware of you know what goes on. You know, I, but, you know, we have to deal with, go buy the book or whatever his argument was. <laughs> well, his argument is, is I can't take a child from some someone's right. biological father mm-hmm. based on a hunch. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But you have, but if you suddenly become more self-aware about what you can and cannot do, then you might be able to resolve the problems. Like, here's what's going on in this. This girl can start to discuss, dis, you know, say... Here's what my problem is by revealing those things that they that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the self the, the the kid was allowed to 
heel by having this new guy bring this in and say and and uh, bring that little tidbit of his sister back, and he's then able to sort of move on because of the way it was taken away. So let's just look because of the time. Let's just look and see what the ramifications of this are. Still have one thing to pick. Yeah, we do. What do we have? And um, I was going to say, the prediction style. is not out. Uh, it is. Okay, what, of course. What? Problem-solving, problem-solving style. style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sure was going to say, prediction is not off the table yet, though, um, because... Um, okay, so we are... Probably... Well, we can... Well, let's talk about problem-solving style. Okay, I left that off. What this is... Main so character- start is set in stone based right. on the other choices that are made. Right. And what that means is the main character's growth says she needs to step up to the plate. She's holding back. That she can. The choices are stop or start. A stop is a chip on the shoulder kind of a person who basically is always stepping in and they really need to learn to hold back in order for them to change. So that's, that's where the growth happens. For her, she's stepped out of the picture and she needs to emotionally step up to the plate so that she can change. Because if she doesn't step in and risk herself personally, then nothing's going to happen. And she does, and it gets her to that point where she can finally go, she can see, oh, there are the choices revealed to me after I bashed in this car. And and the girl is sort of like, okay, so now what are you going to choose to do kind of a thing. It's like, all right. <laughs> I know where I have to go personally, and I'll go there. Um, so this last one, the main character problem-solving style, this was originally called mental sex, male or female. The, one of the ideas in this is, is that um, the, ma- the, the way in which your main character solves problems is going to affect how they go about solving it, either linearly, looking at cause and effect, which is a typically male approach, or holistically, which is an approximation term, meaning looking to relationships and finding balance to try to resolve things. It's not so much solve things, but resolve them. Um, Or to understand how things are based on the relationships. And uh, a good example of a um, a linear thinker, Jake Giddies in Chinatown. He's a detective. He follows clues. When you have a linear thinker, if there's a piece missing, they cannot, they won't make that jump because they they have to put all of the pieces together before they can get to the conclusion. And you find him in he he can't understand who's behind all of this. It just doesn't make any sense until that one little bit of information, I hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone, um, where there's the bad for glass comment by the the gardener at uh, Evelyn Mulray's house. The the, one of the goals is to find out how, um, uh, was it? No, what's his name? Mulray. Charles, Evelyn's husband died. Yeah. He was in a freshwater runoff with salt water in his lungs. Well, it turns out at her house, there is a saltwater pond. And the, when he finally understands, oh, he must have been drowned here and then t- taken down and 
trucked into the, uh, the, the freshwater runoff, that's how he had the salt water in his lungs. So once he did that, he's able to put all the clues together. Unfortunately, if you look to the relationship between all the parties, he would have realized that her father was the one who's actually pulling all the strings, and he, uh, he owned everybody in town. And by, him, by Jake Giddies informing the police about what's going to happen, everything was going to go south. But he's a linear thinker, and he couldn't see that. Um, a holistic thinker will look to how all everything is connected, like Obi-Wan, who's a major holistic thinker. It's like, think of his description of the Force. It runs everything, you know, through everything. Well, and Luke says, well, does it control you, or do you control it? No. Well, it partially you control it, and it controls you. It's, you know, it, it's this one huge web of interconnection. It's like, which, you know, like, over Luke's head, he doesn't quite get that. But it doesn't matter. That's that's a, probably that scene where they're two talking. There's a good illustration of what a linear and a holistic thinker think like. So for Grace, do we see her as a male mental sex character or a, a linear thinker, or do we see her as a female mental sex character um, or a holistic thinker, and why? And then I'll tell you the the, the cheat way to find that out after the fact. But this is great. We actually have two women in the audience here, so this is <laughs> no, no, no. It's really it's good. Serious. What do you think? I think she's a bit linear. Okay, and how? Uh, well, she just feels like this is my past, therefore my future can't be good. Or a linear thinks things cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, steps. I just heard, but she's also a. I mean, she's a. She's sort of a healer in and of herself. She's sort of using holistic things to heal the people that she's guarding over. So, I don't know. I mean, her expectations with the kids and when she's dealing with those kids is not that this small thing I'm doing is going to heal this person. I feel like it's always like, she's like, just the situation right now, like, it's okay. Like, you're going to be fine. It's okay. And I don't know if that's just what we're watching is just technique or if that speaks to the character. It definitely had weight in the movie, so it definitely had value. I mean, I'm just spitballing The two I got is, um, for linear, uh, you curse, it's like a step down. It's like rule-driven. Marcus's fish died. Well, it must be that kid who had prior history with him. But is that the way she sees it? Is that her technique? You certainly see lots of rules, which are very linear, and the environment is very linear. How does she approach those rules? How does she solve? How does she think? She lets one go. But I mean, is she she goes and she asks, um, you know, the the not Marcus, but the kid that supposedly Louis, 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 Louis. You know, and she wakes him up and such, and and she asks him, sure, but is that how she makes the decision? I guess she assesses him based on how she trusts his his reaction. She's assessing his reaction. But on the back end of it, she lets it go because she realizes that that's not really what's at issue. You okay. know? I, I see her as holistic, and the one that I'm holding on to is she gets mad at the, her boss, so she breaks lamp as a way to get back. It doesn't solve any problems. It just gets energy out of her. It sort of sends a message to him, and it, it diffuses energy. And it, and it has... He has a relationship with the lamp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was striking at him through his relationship with the lamp. Right. 
that she understood because he talked about the it. First thing he, 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 he more than talked about it. He's like, right. you know, touch it. It's you know? cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, now. Cool. Is that linear or is that holistic? Okay. That's more holistic because it's not. How is that going to solve her problem? It's really there's no linear. If I do this, it will solve a problem. In fact, it may in fact create greater problems. We don't know. We never would but play it, that it, out. But it's affecting the balance between her and yeah. You know, see, it's hard for us to understand because now, here's the other, <laughs> here's the here's the easy clue. All right, this is the this is the. She's a woman. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not it. Okay, for, for, for women. Audience members, this is a non-issue. It's, it can be either way. Not a problem. Men cannot empathize with holistic thinkers. So if you felt like you couldn't get inside her head, that's what it feels like when you have a holistic main character. If you felt like, I'm looking at her, and I, I see her going through all this pain, I can sympathize with this pain she's going on, but I cannot share it because I just don't understand it. That's what it feels like to have a holistic main character for men. Yeah. That's why I said that's the that's the cheap way, and I really recommend against that. But but but, but the hard part is trying to come up with examples and understand them. Like I said, you know, she's she's for better or for worse, she's changing the environment. She's changing the relationship between her and her boss by destroying the lamp. Yeah, but and, and that's that's her, the, that's that's do or beer. That's why she. Well, breaks it. Well, that's that's the doer thing. Doer. Okay, yeah. Well, she also right. up top, I guess, explains the rules to the new guy, and then says like, you know, there's gray area there. You got to start on the side of being too hard, and then you can always loosen up. And here are the rules, but you work with inside the rules. She right? also breaks the rules like right away, yeah. a couple of times. But not only that, I mean, I think it's just like generally, like her approach to the problems in the group, the approach with the problems with a kid, or never never seem to be about outcome. Never seemed to be about some penultimate goal. And look, and same way with her, with yeah. her boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but he was like, he was a total linear thinker. And the way she was behaving, it's like, oh, you did this, boom, boom, boom. You're, now she's behaving this way. I, I don't have a clue what you're doing. I don't know if there's no, there's no cause and effect here. Like, I, I you know, what is going on? And, you know, I think that for me, I can only speak for me, I could guess what's going on because I've seen other things that he hasn't, but I didn't know exactly what was going on either. I was I was hoping we would, you know, explore further and we'd get, re- you know, a lot of it would reveal, which it does, but I couldn't tell you exactly what was going on through her head at that moment. She gets on the bike. I don't know where she's going. I'm not surprised when she gets there. But I couldn't have told you that that's where she was go- headed. Yeah. You know, in retrospect, sure, I guess it makes a lot of sense because of her relationship, et cetera. But it's my second time watching this movie, and it made way more sense to me. Well, I'm sure movie. because yeah, you yeah. can you can see the relationship of where she is at that moment to where she's going to be, and understand how that balances yeah. her life. Yeah. First time through, we don't have that. You know, and that's that's the thing is it's about balance. So my guess is, is she's probably a holistic thinker. That that was the intent. Is the main the writer was a man, right? The writer director. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so if we and now here's what you do. Said so we can let's before we chose choose it, let's just make a couple of 
we have a couple of choices. We have two choices in a whole bunch of different places. So nice. the main character unique ability. We have two. Ugh. See, that's where prediction comes up. <laughs> yeah, that's where it comes up. And she's just bad at that. Uh, yeah, because you asked if the writer was a man. The original. Uh, this was based on a short film that he made, and in the short, the main character was a man, and it was an experiences okay. working in a facility like really? that. Hmm. Um, okay. All right, let's let's look at <coughs> critical flaw. I'm going to go with critical flaw. So, a main character will have a unique ability that makes them uniquely suited for to help the big picture. This is where you have a crossover. So, Grace, in her personal through line, as a main char- character, will she'll have a, an aspect of her would of her character that will allow things to work out successfully in the big picture. So, end end success. She'll also have a critical flaw, which is a thing that's going to undermine that unique ability. So there are two choices here for critical flaw. We have truth or suspicion, meaning that one of these two things would be the thing that would undermine her ability for this to be in success. So it's something that's not going to be excessive in this film because it does, in fact, end in success. So... Um, <laughs> Mm, any thoughts as to which that might be? She's suspicious of herself, isn't she? Well, what I mean is, it could be okay. It could be she is suspicious, she is suspe- suspected, or um, it could be an, you know attributed to her or an attribute of her. Likewise, with truth, it could be a truth about her, or or you know she could be truthful. Um, it, it, so it's like sort of any flavor, that, and if none of those ring true or have one no more than the other, then we can go to an, the nice thing is, is you go answer questions you feel you do know. I'm curious what the benchmark choices are. Um, so for her, right. we're looking at the, her situation with concerns about the past. Do we see, does we evaluate how this is developing in terms of how things are changing or her present condition? Yeah, that's fine. My, my intuition is, uh, you know, it's not strong. That's my guess. How about in the overall story, where we're looking at sort of the psychological troubles and planning? Do we see that the the, the benchmark in terms of roles that are being played, or sort of getting an idea about something? Mm, I think the idea feels stronger. Yeah, yeah. sort of like getting it, you know. Yeah. So. With that in mind, let's select holistic. And okay, so this one says, mm. so th- this is saying playing a role. Um, so if we made it linear, which based on the author, I would have said linear, knowing the author, I would have said it would be linear. Um, Catalyst the sense first. of self, right? Catalyst sense of self. Uh, an inhibitor of instinct or, or lack ability. of instincts yeah. or lack of good instincts I don't know I'm not I'm not you know a destiny works for unique ability because she predicts what's going to happen to Jaden if her dad picks her up and drives her to the house which then precipitates the end of the movie and the critical flaw might be, isn't she almost fired when she tells the truth to the guy? Wait, now you said predicts. 
It's like, I think wasn't the other choice prediction? There you go. So that was the that was holistic. Um, but the I, benchmark for the overall story is in some ways playing a role. The kids are playing. You're the the caregivers are playing a role for those kids. So how? So in the effort to try to sort of get these kids to behave and not want to be running away and, and, you know, do we see them by, it's obviously at the beginning, they certainly aren't playing by the rules. They're not staying in line. But they're saying that their job in the very beginning, it's defined as their job is to create a safe place for these kids. How is that playing a role? Playing a role is essentially the real definition of it is, is sort of like adopting a, sort of momentary lifestyle or a condition. Um, it's essentially being a certain way as opposed to becoming something. So it's a, it's a, do you know Spanish? No. Okay. That's what easy to come But like the kids are doing the same thing. Really, really, really strong in English. That's yeah. Um, so playing a role is essentially you temporarily adopting a lifestyle. You're saying, okay, I'm going to... Are those kids temporarily adopting a lifestyle? Sure, and the question them? is, in the beginning, are they doing it not so well, and by the end, they are doing it what, better, or vice versa? Mm-hmm. If definitely. that's Yeah, so there's that, definitely outbursts. So that is what a benchmark indicates. So that's a benchmark that tells you, are things getting, moving, progressing? Got it. Or regressing? Got it. And, you know, we're getting toward the, the closer to the end because we see the kids are behaving better as opposed to the beginning. They're running away and all that stuff. So that would, so that would be and consistent the, the with... The new employee, his benchmark, he's getting better as, mm-hmm. as an employee there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. true. And he's, he's, not being, he's not being sort of out. Well, he lets the girl spit on him and he doesn't re- react. In the beginning, he would have... Cleans his face. Yeah, but that's after, <laughs> after she was dealt with. Yeah. When he gave the kid the toy... The doll, yeah. even though he's not supposed to do that type of thing, that's mm. a complete change for him. He's playing; he's better suited to play that role in the environment like that. And also in the relationship, doing they do a lot more together. In the beginning, Jaden really rejects her, mm-hmm. and then they, they oh do, right, right, they right, do more stuff, more and more together. Right, there's even even the like there's a nice intermediate one, which is you walk a safe distance from me. So, like, they're taking the walk together, but not really together. And then at the end, they're beating up a car together. Right. And that's, they'll really clean it. Okay. So, um, we don't, I don't know that we have a lot of time to, to go over all of the different ins and outs of this. Um, you've got a couple other things to look at. So, we have the issue for the main, for the influence character, uh, issue of falsehood. I think that reads really well. In other yeah. words, she's, she's really... Um, thematically, she's all about sort of falsehoods versus truth, and she's putting out it, she it, she's more, I guess, susceptible to the falsehoods. You know that her father has you know told her, etc. Although she's calling him on his baloney, and by the end, she pretty much has just said, you know, I'm calling it like it is. Well, the, the, her her story about squid and the shark. Right, it's about all about these falsehoods that are being told. Yeah, and it's also friends are built. Yeah, friendships are created that way based on this false relationship. Oh, I just need. I'm just a little hungry now, so I'm gonna. 
eat you all up, but I'm going to do a little bit at a time. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is is that what you would do under with a, with a lot a lot more time is you go through and you see do, does this seem to hold together in total to reflect what we see in the in the film or if you're doing it on your own work is this what I see in my story or if you're creating something can I use this as a really broad map to know where to explore things in the story and if we look at the signposts uh, actually I'll just look at the uh, the plot progression so these are the four threads but looking at each of those types those four types act by act so you see starts off with how things are changing for the main character the future the present and ultimately dealing with the past I think that that really spells it out (laughs) 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 Um, let's see we have an idea playing a role changing one's nature and developing a plan hmm I'd have, to, I'd have to look that, look at the scenes specifically, but the way you again, since these are sort of act, act wide, it gives you a sense of the direction to to, so the context within which to explore everything that's going on within a particular act within a particular thread, mm-hmm. and if you when you write, well, depending on the kind of writing you are, the value of this is if you are a completely organic writer. You don't even look at this until you've written. If because you because if a white a blank page or a blank screen is infinite possibilities, don't even think of something like dramatic because you want to just create. But then you need to corral <laughs> and 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 sift. This is a great tool to help you do that. If you're like me and a and a blank screen or a white piece of paper is like a wall I need something to push against and it's sort of like you know trying to be out in, out in space and there's no, nothing to push against and you can't go anywhere then this can be a really good way to get something started because at least it begins to give you some edges and then you can stop at any point and write and then go back and forth in either case it's always a back and forth issue you know whenever you put your editor's hat on that's when this tool is really helpful um, people do that by some people plan it all out up front, and some people don't plan it all, and some do dabble with this and that. Um, and it, the other part of it is is understand this is never never be a slave to it. It's a really it's it's sort of like designed to be. Here's the perfect way to construct a perfect kind of story. Stories are not like that. They're far more organic and they're messy, and you don't have enough time to explore everything, especially if you're doing a script. So it's always about picking and choosing and, and exploring what you want. And if you leave out a big chunk, this will probably be able to point out, oh, there's this huge chunk that's missing. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I forgot about that. Because um, <laughs> that's usually what the audience is going to pick up on. Or this isn't developing properly. That's how you can you can test it. You know, Especially, I think I've found, I think I find probably one of the most valuable things other than the just thinking about the domains and the perspective, the through lines. If you got those four domains, the four big ones, and the idea of the four threads, that alone 
will save you a tremendous amount of effort and in terms of making sure you don't leave any of the big stuff out. The dynamic questions, when taken together, you can have any combination of them. So you don't need software for that. You can just answer any of the questions and any combination, and each one is, is unique. Um, when you start getting into the rest of the story form, then it starts to narrow down pretty quickly, and there's a lot of vocabulary. But they start to get very specific, and I think the most, to me, the always the most exciting is looking at the problem, solution, symptom, response, because you know when you are trying to understand how someone can exist with a problem and behave and react with a pro- to a problem and not, but not really deal with it, that explains it. The symptom is the, if you walk up to a person and ask them what their problem is, they will never describe to you what their motivation is, what their problem, the true problem is. They will always describe the symptom. Because that's, from their subjective view, that's the only thing they can see. Um, you know, people talk about the tsunami and then respond, how do you deal with the tsunami? Well, you have the warning system and you live far away from the coast and all those kinds of things. Well, that's not the real problem. The problem is the earthquake that causes the tsunami. But people, you know, maybe sometimes you can't even deal with the problem. You can't solve the problem. But understand that the tsunami itself isn't the problem. The tsunami is, a, is because you could treat that tsunami all you want, and as long as you have earthquakes, you're going to have tsunamis. So it's, it's, you know, it's important to understand that that's how people deal with with the problem and and so you won't see the problem and solution pop up very often early in the story because unless someone is being real smart ass and they pop up and they say hey you know what your problem is blah 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 and they're just like no no it's not my problem and because because i can't see it this podcast was brought to you by wright brothers creators of software for writers since 1982. Visit us at www.screenplay.com and www.dramatica.com.